welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. I want to share with you tonight from a, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, one of my favorite accounts, uh, because in there, there's so much that has helped me help uh, walk through my grief, and I've been able to find hope through my grief in this account. Now, it is a long account, so I've actually cut um, and pasted some of it so we can get through it tonight, but it's basically found in John chapter 11, and we're going to start from verse 1. So if you don't have your Bibles, it'll be up on the screen, John chapter 11, verse 1, and it starts like this. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and his sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days, and then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. I'm going to jump now to verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could he not who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. There's a lot in there that, like I said, has helped me and I think can help anybody uh, walking through the process of grief. And uh, one of the things that I just want to share with you tonight is just simply this. When you're looking for hope through your grief, remember that Jesus has a plan. Jesus has a plan. Let's read verse 4. He says, When he heard this, Jesus said, The sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. So here we have Mary and Martha. They're coming to Jesus. They're sending word to Jesus about Lazarus who's dying and who they know that Jesus also loved. And they knew Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They knew that he had the power over life and death. They had seen Jesus perform so many miracles. And so they sent word to Jesus saying, look, Lazarus is dying. He's as good as dead now. Please do something about it. We need you to come through right now. 
and Jesus gets word that Lazarus is sick, and I love his response. He doesn't freak out, doesn't take him by surprise, because God is in complete control of every situation, and Jesus stands back and says, this death will not end in death. This is for the glory of God. This is for the glory of God. When we are grieving the, the loss of a loved one, we need to remember that Jesus has a plan. The man has a plan. Just like when you cry out to God like Martha did, remember that Jesus has a plan. He has an amazing plan in every situation, in every area of our lives. God has a plan, an incredible plan, an irrevocable plan that nothing can destroy in every single area of our lives. In death, He has a plan. In life, He has a plan. In our weeping, He has a plan. In our triumphs, He has a plan. In our failures, He has a plan. In every single area of our lives, Jesus has a plan. And let me tell you what this plan is, that God may be glorified through it. No matter what, that we may bring glory to the living God through our every situation. And that gives me hope in my grief. It gives me hope in my grief for one main reason, because it helps me to know what I need to do in my grief. Even though I may not understand it, even though I may not get my head around it or fully comprehend why, but it helps me to know what I need to do in my situation. And it's simply this, hand it over for the glory of God. Get before God and say, Lord, I don't understand why, why this is happening. I don't get the pain. I don't know why I have to go through, through this, but for whatever reason, and in whatever way, may you be glorified through this. May your name be exalted. May you be exalted up and high and lifted up. May this circumstance, for whatever reason, despite the pain, despite whatever's going on, may you be glorified through this, oh my Lord. May you be exalted. May your name be Look, may you look beautiful, powerful, and amazing through this situation. We need to come to that point. Let me urge you. Let me urge you, when you come to, to grieving for somebody, I know it's difficult, it takes time, but we've got to get to the point where we say, God, this is for your glory. Yeah. May your power, may your beauty, may you take this circumstance and use it to make your name look absolutely glorious. And when I do that, I tell you, that brings me hope. That gives me hope, and that will give you hope. When you begin to take your eyes and, and stop focusing on your pain, and then allow God to use that pain for His glory, that's when He can come in, that's when He can take your pain away, that's when your, your perspective will change. That's when, you're, when you will look at the situation completely different, when you realise, I've got to let go of this and allow somehow for God to move in the situation and allow Him to receive the glory through this. The man has a plan, Jesus has a plan. And the simple plan is this, that we may just live for His glory in every situation. And I just want to give you a few little, um, I guess, things that I did that helped me to do that. Because, okay, so I, I read from the Word of God that I've got to give God the glory, and I've got to find out, okay, how do I do that? So I'm just going to give you a few things that have helped me. And uh, the first one is simply this, just prayerfully do it. Get before God and just say, Lord, I hand the situation over to you. Do whatever it is that you need to do, but may your name be glorified. Get before the Father. Let go and ask him to come in and be glorified through your situation. That's the best hint that I can give you. Do it prayerfully. Yeah. Secondly, something else that you can do to bring glory to God 
in your situation is simply look for his goodness in your situation. Doesn't matter how difficult it's been, doesn't matter what you've walked through, if you allow yourself to step yourself back a little bit and just look for his goodness, you'll see it. You will see his goodness. If, no matter how difficult it's been, there will be uh, droppers of his, of his grace in your life. And I, and I can testify to that. And that's what I want to testify to tonight, that even though I've just walked through a very difficult situation, I can look back and see God's abundant provision of grace. Even though it resulted in death, it didn't result in how I wanted it to result, I can look back and I can see his goodness. And, even, and while I can see his goodness, I can give him glory for his incredible grace upon our lives. Uh, my stepdad was sick for a long time, and we were bracing ourselves for the worst uh, because he had cancer and he had spread all over his body. And uh, the palliative care team had said to us, get ready because this is going to be a very, very unpleasant end. And uh, so we were bracing ourselves for that. And uh, the week that he died, I saw him every day and he was okay. He was still driving. He was still, um, you know, cooking. And uh, he, he was fending for himself quite well. And then on the Saturday when I went to check up on him again, uh, he, he was very ill and he died that following Monday. And I look back on that and it sounds gruesome, but you know what? That's God's grace. I've got to give God the glory for that. The fact that he didn't let him suffer. Now, I know some people do suffer, and if that's not your experience, I'm sorry for that, but that's my experience. And if you look back in your situation, maybe you'll be able to see other areas in which God poured out his grace. But God poured out his grace in my situation in this way. That he did not, even though he should have suffered, and we were told he would suffer, he didn't. And I look back on that, and that's how I could give God the glory. I can say, God, thank you. Thank you that he didn't linger. Thank you that he didn't suffer like he should have by all accounts. Thank you. And I give him the glory. So I look back, and I can see his goodness in every situation. Um, something else that happened, and uh, this is a bit of a fun, spooky story, I suppose. But I, if you believe in angels like I do, then you won't think it's spooky. Uh, one of the things that I was dreading is my, my grandmother. She's a fragile 84-year-old woman. And uh, I was absolutely dreading telling her um, that dad had passed away. And I didn't sleep at all that night. I was, like, I was just freaking out about it. And uh, anyway, so I went there the following day and I was really stressed out. I just didn't know how I was going to break the news to her because I know what she's like. And uh, I walked in and uh, she said, he's passed away, hasn't he? I've gone, what? How do you know? And she said to me, I, well, I don't know, but in the middle of the night, a man whose face I didn't recognize came into my room, gave me a hug and told me. And I've just gone, oh, yeah, come on, I, absolutely. That is amazing. Yeah. That is amazing for two reasons. Because I believe that she had an angelic visitation that night. Yeah. And seriously, you have no idea how much I was dreading delivering these, this news. I didn't have to deliver the news. God did it. And because God did it, there was a better preparation. And she didn't react physically like I, I believe she would have had I broken the news to her. And it's just, just an incredible testimony of God's powerful goodness. And I can stand here and give him the glory. I can either focus on the pain and the, uh, and the effect of all that happened, or I can just take, take a step back and look at my situation and say, well, no, there's God's grace there. And give him the glory for that. There's God's grace there. And give him the glory for that. There's God's grace there. And continue to give him the glory because he's so worthy. Because he's so worthy. And I think that's what we should do. And I encourage you to do that. 
in your situation, if, or if you know someone who is going through, the, through it, en- encourage them. Encourage them to look for God's goodness, and I tell you, uh, they'll find it, they'll see it. Um, and, I, and I can seriously stand here and testify all night about how good God has been. Uh, my Conegra, for instance, my Conegra has been amazing. Uh, they've loved me, they've given me gifts, they've looked after me and my wife, um, they, they've supported us in prayer. Uh, I tell you, that's another testimony of God's goodness in my life. Um, Belinda Fay, who's just an incredible woman of God, who works uh, at a funeral company, having someone like Belinda, who's like family to us, walking us through the whole, uh, the whole process of burying somebody, that's, that's God's goodness. It's so much better than someone that you don't know. Uh, and that, that's, I see that as God's grace in my life. I see people like that as God's grace in my life. So I start, as I start focusing on that, man, I can get up here and just say, God is good. God is good. God, we, he's got this plan where he receives the glory no matter what. And I tell you, I, I want to give him that glory because he is so worthy of it. And I encourage you as well, just look for those opportunities. Look back on your situation and see his goodness. And something else that we can do to give him the glory is to see how you can help others. If you've been through this, look for opportunities in which you can help others through what you've learned, through what, you, what, you, what you've experienced. I didn't want to get up here tonight. I seriously didn't. But I felt God challenging me and say, do it. Do it because you need to help other people through what you've been through. I mean, who here was blessed by um, Denise's testimony? I mean, that's, that's somebody who always lived out the, 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 the love and power of God in her life. But in that testimony, it was amazing. Who here is doing coffee with God now? <laughs> Reading the Bible with coffee. I mean, that's somebody who told others, and she did it to help us. She didn't do it for herself. She didn't do that video for herself. She did it for us, to help us, to encourage us, to help us. And who got the glory? God. And that's what we need to do. I, there's a good friend of mine by the name of John Piper. And, well, he's not a, well, he's a good friend of mine, but he doesn't know that yet. Um, and uh, he was diagnosed with cancer um, about three years ago. And this is his response. Now, I'm not there yet. I don't think many of us there, are there yet. But when he, when he was diagnosed with cancer, he said, cancer, bring it on. All right, fantastic. Nothing like a bit of cancer to awaken you from the stupor of materialism and cons- consumerism. It'll make me more dependent on God. Bring it on. Whatever makes me more dependent on God, bring it on. I'm thinking, man, that's craziness. Or that's just someone who just wants to give God the glory in every situation. And like only he could, after he recovered, he went on to write a book that I recommend to anybody. And guess what he called it? He called it, Don't Waste Your Cancer. (laughs) Do not, for whatever, whatever happens, waste it. It's there for the glory of the living God. And uh, I encourage you to read it. Seriously, in your situation, no matter how difficult it is, find a way to get together with Jesus and get into his plan and allow your situation to give him glory. And that's going to give you hope in your grief. Something else that I love about this account um, is simply this, um, that Jesus knows how we feel. That gives me hope in my grief, that Jesus knows exactly how I feel. Uh, Let's read the shortest verse in the Bible, verse 35. Are you ready? I know some of you don't like reading, um, but uh, hopefully I won't lose you. You ready? Jesus wept. Still with me? Don't laugh. I know some of you started Facebooking there. I know that. Jesus wept. I mean, this is absolutely amazing. Here we have the God of the universe. The God who has power over life and death, the the Alpha and the Omega, the one who knows it all, 
The one who knew he was going to go and raise Lazarus from the dead anyway. Not only did he have the power over his life and death, he had already made up his mind that he was going to raise him from the dead. He knew that. This is Jesus we're talking about. And what does it do when he realizes he's, when he sees that he's dead? He weeps. He cries. And let me give you the profound reason why he cried. Because it hurt. Because grief hurts. Because losing somebody, the pain of losing somebody is real. Jesus wept. And when we go through our grief, we need to remember that Jesus knows how we feel. That Jesus has been there and done that. My Bible tells me that we serve Jesus, a God who knows everything about us, who is not unable to sympathize with us because he was tempted in every way just like we are, yet was without sin. He's been through it all. He can sympathize with every one of our struggles because he's been through all of our struggles. That's an amazing thing about Jesus, that we serve an incredible God that not only created us, but there is no situation that any of us can walk through that Jesus hasn't already walked through and walked through victoriously. That's why he said, take heart, I have overcome the world. Because if we follow him, we can follow him in the footsteps of his victory, no matter how painful it may be. Jesus wept. Jesus knows how we feel. And that gives me hope in my grief. It gives me hope in my grief for one main reason. Because it tells me that it's okay. It tells me it's okay to grieve. It's okay to feel the pain. It's okay. Sometimes as Christians, I know, I think that we feel like we've got to put on this mask, this cape, and uh, yeah, it'll, it should be all right, like Kat said last week. Oh, it's just a flesh wound and both our legs are chopped off. It's, it's, it's okay. It's okay to hurt. We don't have to. Just because we know something about eternity, something about God, something about um, you know, the fact that we're going to be with Him forever, that doesn't mean that when we lose somebody, it's not going to hurt. It's going to hurt like crazy. And it's actually okay. Don't let anybody tell you that it's not okay. That's rubbish. It's okay to hurt. It's okay to feel the pain. And I have to confess that I, I didn't stumble. This, my dad's death didn't rock me. Uh, I was, it knocked me out. I was down. I was down and out. I was, my wife and I, we were on the canvas. Down and, the ref was counting to 10. We, we were gone. But then we did a rocky. As we were down and out, I just heard that music. And I heard the Holy Spirit whisper, one more round. One more round. Get up. Get up because Jesus loves you. One more round. And Come on. I don't know where I was going with that. So we stood up for one more round because Jesus wept and because Jesus knows how we feel. And that gives me an incredible amount of hope. And uh, the best way that I can, I guess, advise you to practically apply this is, is just come to the realization that I came to. And, um, you know, there are things that we're going to go through that are just too much for us. I didn't used to think that. I used to think I was invincible. But we will go through situations that are just uh, far too difficult. And we, we go through them for, for one reason. And I'll just give you the reason here. Um, I'm just going to read you the scripture, 2 Corinthians 1, verses 8 to 9. It says this, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired even of life. 
How's that? We were burdened beyond our strength. Have you ever felt like you've been burdened beyond your strength? If you have, don't feel bad. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel like you're not spiritual enough. Don't think that you're not good enough. You're in good company. That happens sometimes. And I actually have come to the personal belief that it's supposed to happen sometimes. It's okay for us to go through situations that are beyond our strength. The NIV Bible uh, says uh, things happen that were beyond our ability to endure. That's hard. That's pretty hard. Something happens that's beyond your ability to endure. That's pretty tough. And it makes me think that, yeah, we're going to go through things that are just far too much for us. But that's the bad news. The good news is what Paul continues to say here. He says, Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. So my advice is, be aware that you will go through things that are far beyond your ability to endure, just like Paul. If you do, you're in good company. You're in the company of Paul, you're in the company of Seth, so you're all right, you'll be fine. All right? But these things happen for one reason, that you may rely on God. And as you rely on God, you will do your rocky in your situation. You will hear that music and you will get up and stand for one more round. You'll get the strength, you'll get the hope that you need for your situation. You'll hear the Holy Spirit, get up. Get up one more time because Jesus loves you. And I love what he says there. He says he relies on the God who raises the dead. I love that. Here's, here's Paul focusing, okay, this is too much for me, but it's not too much for God who has the power to raise the dead. That's powerful. Now, I want some of that power. And that's what, that's what um, Paul was able to seek and find in God. And um, I also encourage you to remember when you lose somebody or uh, just bear in mind of someone who has lost somebody, uh, that they may be doing okay, you know, if, if it's happened a little while ago. But I was, I was having this conversation with somebody who lost somebody uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I said to them, look, um, the thing about grief, what I've found is that it comes in waves. After it's happened, you know, you may be doing okay, and it doesn't necessarily need a, need a trigger, but it just comes in waves. You know, and, and those waves will vary in intensity. Sometimes they'll be devastating. Sometimes it'll be slight, but it, it comes in waves. And when they do... Here's my advice. Don't just do something. Just stand there. Endure the wave. As opposed to trying to do something, as opposed to, okay, what do I do? I'm feeling this grief. Don't try and do anything. Just, just stand there. Just ride the wave because it'll pass. It'll pass. It's just a natural part of the process. Don't freak out. Don't think that you are less, lesser than anybody else. Don't think that something weird is happening to you. Don't just try and, don't try and do anything. This is, my, this is what, what works for me. You know, instead of, you know, don't, don't just stand there, do something. I say, no, don't, just, just stand there. Don't worry, don't worry about doing anything. Just, just wait. Ride it out. Hang 10. It's just, a wave of, it's just a wave of grief. And if you just stand, if you just stand, it will pass. No matter how intense it is, no matter how slight it may be, just stand there, and I promise you, it'll pass. Grief will come in waves, and all you've got to do is just, is just ride the thing out. And remember, rely back on God, on the God who's been through it. You, you, you serve Jesus. Somebody who wept 
just like you've wept or will weep one day. And remember, he knows exactly how you feel. And that will give you hope in your grief, as it's given me hope in my grief. Amen? Um, Something else that I love this account about, um, we read in verses 43, 44, and um, what I get out of this is simply, it's, it's just the best news of all. And if this doesn't give you hope and grief, nothing else will. And it's just a simple fact that Jesus has defeated death. There, there, is, there is a physical death, but, but that's not the end of it. Jesus has defeated that physical death. Um, let's read. It says, When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. So he looked like a mummy. It's not in there, but that's what he would have looked like. And Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Jesus has defeated death, our incredible God. That's why he came. That's the very, re- very reason why he came. He went to Lazarus. He went to raise him from the dead. He opened the tomb and said, Lazarus, come out. You will not die. And that is a symbol for us to remember that Jesus, just like he's defeated Lazarus' death, he, will, he has defeated our death. That's why he came, and that gives me hope in my grief. The fact that Jesus came for one reason only, and that's to free me from sin and the consequence of sin, and also free me from the sting of death. This is what happens. The mo- this, this has got to give you hope. The moment a Christian closes his eyes to this world, the next second, the next blink, he opens them up, and he's in the arms of Jesus. That's got to give you hope. That's got to give you amazing hope that Jesus came and he removed the sting of death. And I, I love it. It gives me hope for many reasons, but it, gives me hope. it just reminds me of our future glory. It, re- it reminds me of what's, of what's to come, that we're going to spend eternity with Jesus, that we're going to be forever with him in his arms, that in the twinkling of an eye, he's actually going to come and wipe away every tear, make all things like new again. And we, will sp- and we will be like him, the Bible says. And we will spend eternity in the arms of Jesus. That's got to give me hope because of what he's done. He has defeated sin and he has also defeated death. And I love that. There's no such thing as a- an ultimate death because of what Christ has done. And uh, there's many ways that I can advise you to try and, I guess, g- get a conviction about that. But there's no, no other way around this one except the Word of God. Nothing else will do it. You can read the best books, you can uh, get the best advice, but when it comes to matters of life and death, I believe it's only the Word of God that's going to break your fear, that's going to break your hurt. Get before the Word of God and, get, and allow that to impact you, to change you, to challenge you, to feed you, to grow you, to mature you, and to give you the hope that you need in your grief. I just want to give you two verses tonight that have helped me so much through my grief. And uh, I, I think this is, this is amazing. Um, Romans 8, 18 to 21 says this, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but what by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay. I mean, that's, that's why bad things happen. 
That's why we die. That's why people get sick and die because we are living in a fallen world. And um, that doesn't give me a lot of hope, but it does explain to me why bad things happen because of the sentence that we're in. We have walked away from God. We have sinned against God. We have turned our backs on God. And so God has allowed us to suffer the consequences of our decision. All of us at some stage walked away from God. And we are now living. When we see somebody sick and dying, what we are seeing are the consequences of our decisions, of our sin, of us turning away from God. And so it reminds us that right now, right now we are subjected, the Bible says, to corruption, to futility. Things will end. Things will decay because that's where we are living in right now. But we are in that situation. But he goes on to tell us that God's hope is that we'll be brought into the freedom and the glory of the children of God. That we may be freed from this current state of decay, this current state of corruption. God wants us to be freed. This is our reality now. This is the world. We live in a fallen world. And that's why these things happen. But God's hope for us is that through faith in Jesus, we may be able to escape this corruption. And I I love meditating on that because I know it's a promise that God has for us. So take that verse and own it and remember it and use it for yourself or for others. It's one of the most incredible verses that will impact you and change your perspective on matters of life and death. And the next one is really simple. It's really short. I love this one. Philippians 1.21 simply says, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. To live is Christ, but to die is gain. Man, we, we make a living there. I mean, we, I think we accept the first part, to live is Christ, and the, most of us have accepted that. Oh, to live is, is great. Jesus is here. Now we can live for Christ. We can live by Christ. We can uh, live like Jesus and uh, now we can do great things like Jesus. We can love each other. Uh, we can help each other, forgive each other, feed the poor, feed the hungry, build his church. That's what he's saying. To live is Christ. To live like Jesus is to live like Jesus and to do amazing things like Jesus. But then he goes on to say, but to die. You know, the, 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 when we die, there may be our, our soul may be separated from our body, but our soul will never be separated from Jesus. When we die, our soul will be united with Jesus and we'll be with Jesus forever. And so to live is Christ for the Christian and to die is gain because we gain Jesus and we gain him forever and eternity. To live is Christ and it's awesome and most of us are living there, but to die is even better. It's gain. It's gain because we will live in that place of full restoration and that gives me an incredible hope in my grief. So remember that Jesus has defeated death. I want to ask you tonight, are you living in that? Are you living your life in Jesus now? Are you living your life for Jesus? Are you living a life that you can honestly and confidently say, my life I have given over to Jesus. And I know, and I know that right now, to live is Christ. I am living for Christ I am living like Christ and I am living because of Christ. And when I die, there'll be a gain because then I will be with Christ forever, personally, face to face. My life right now is Christ and when I die, it'll be gain. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless.